Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off the 12th chapter in Yavamah's page 106a on the top. A mistaken chalitza. In other words, it was done under false pretense. What do you mean a chalitza that was done under false pretense? By mistake, they, not by mistake, they told her, they mis, uh, misguided her, they told her. They, or they tell the Yavam, before Machalitza, and then you'll be able to marry her. So, so, so it was a false, yeah, yeah, then he can't marry her. So it was a, uh, see, he agreed to do it, but under false assumption. Nevertheless, it's valid. He tricked him into doing a Chalitza. But it's valid. Rabbi Yechonon, Rabbi Yechonon said to his brother-in-law, Rish Lakish, Ani Shaina, I learned another b'raisa, Bein Shneskaven Hu, Velein Neskaven Hu, Bein Shneskaven Hu, Velein Neskaven Hu, If he had the intent to do a chalitza, she did not have intent. If she had intent, if she, he had intent, she did not have intent. Either way, chalitza subsula, it's not valid. Actually, Shkaven Shneim Ke'echad. They have to both have kavanah. About Tamer Chalitza Subsula, and you say here he was tricked. It was a false pretense. You're saying it's kosher? How is it possible? He didn't definitely not have intent. He had intent he's going to marry her, not, not to, to like divorce her. Hello, rather, when the Braise says that a mistaken chalitza is valid, you know what the Braise means? He says, they tell him, he tell the oven, do a chalitza, and the condition she's going to give you 200 zuz. So he understands what the chalitza is, and he has the right kavana that he's divorcing her, he's disconnecting himself with her. But the false pretense is that he's going to get some money, he's going to get paid for it. So therefore, and then if he doesn't get paid, it's still a good chalitza, even if he never gets any money. Tanam Yochos, and the Braise is supporting Rabbi Echnan's opinion, chalitza, mutas, kshayda. Ezer chalitza mutaz. The Brayse spells it out. What's cons- what do you mean a uh, mistake in chalitza? Kol sheim lechalitza amnesitul masayimuzuz. Umaisa and there was a story. Bishachas a woman shenafluch ne yavam shein hagnula who fell before yavam who was inappropriate for her. Bamrulei and therefore he didn't want to give a chalitza. He wanted to marry her. Bamrulei chalitza law amnesitul masayimuzuz. You know what? Give her a chalitza and she'll pay you. She'll compensate you. And, and of course he gave the chalitza and then he didn't give her she didn't give him a penny and he said it was a kosher chalitza he came with his yivama my daughter stand up and do the yivam says he was telling her telling her to marry her like stand up and, 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 and marry her her mother said she must have been young. The mother came and spoke for her. Sitting and abstaining, that will be, that's the remedy in this case, not to marry. said to her, does she know anything about the Yavam? She said to yeah. She knows that it was her money that he saw. 
he wants some money. The brother-in-law wants some money. And he wants to do a yibum in order to take the money from her. He's not interested in her. He's interested in the money. He's a gold digger. He's not acceptable to you. No, I don't like him at all. I don't want him. I'm not interested in him. Make a perform a chalitza and then you will marry her. He tricked him. Now she disqualified from marrying you. Perform a proper chalitza. He said, "Listen, you can't marry her anymore, even though it's not really a kosher chalitza because it was done without kavana." But it's a, but it's since you did a chalitza, so at least rabbinically we don't let you. We're not going to let you marry her. It's too late. See, he really did trick her, trick him by doing a chalitza, and really it's not a kosher chalitza. But since he did a chalitza, it's enough kosher enough that he can't marry her anymore. He can't marry her anyway. At least give her a chalitza and free her, free her for the rest of the rest of the world, so she can marry anyone else. See an argument. But but I've tricked him because really this chalitza is meaningless. It has zero value. She really he could he could do a yibum. Doesn't even disqualify him from doing a yibum. He lied. He tricked him just to get him to do a chalitza because it wasn't appropriate. Others say no. That when did we say chalitza is nothing? It's like when she grew up together with the brothers and she took off the shoe. Remember, he said we worry. He took off the shoe. Yeah, but he took off her shoe not because of maybe she had a mind of a chalitza, but she just taking off her shoe without a mind of a chalitza is nothing. He can do. She can marry them. So why over here, if he just took off a chalitza, he thought he's marrying her. He didn't do a chalitza. So why, why did he, why did Rechibadav tell him that you can't marry her anymore? Because over here, he did intend to do a chalitza. There, she was just taking off her shoe. Taking off her shoe, I don't intend. Here, his intent was to do a chalitza. He just was, he just had a wrong idea. He thought, the false assumption, he thought that by doing a chalitza, he's going to marry her. That's an act of marriage. But, the, but he intended to do a chalitza. So therefore, indeed, he wouldn't be invalid for her. Allahically, he's not allowed to marry her any longer. So he said, now you can longer marry her, give her a chalitza. So, you know, don't take revenge. Give her a chalitza and, and allow her freer so she can marry, marry anyone, anyone else. The mother says, Bas, Hamburra Pop, the daughter. Of the f- yeah. So Bas, Hamburra Pop, the daughter of the father in law, Rapop, fell for Yibam. Her husband died childless. And, she, and the husband had a, a brother, a surviving brother, and she fell before Yibam. Shane Hogginla, but he wasn't appropriate for her. He wasn't interested in him. It was totally, completely inappropriate. Also, the Kamidra came the Yibam, came before Abaya. Perform a chalitza with this. You marry, tricked her. You don't agree with Rabbi Yechonon said that a chalitza mutas without intent is not valid. It's not a chalitza. So what does it help to do such a chalitza? Rabbi Yechonon argues such a chalitza with not the proper intent is not kosher. Rabbi Yechonon said, what should I tell him? What, 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 do you, what do you suggest? What can I tell him? To get her out, to save her. Tell him he can go to Chalitza and she'll pay him. And then once he does the Chalitza, and of course he had the intention to do the Chalitza, and he doesn't get to the Messiah, so just then it's the kosher Chalitza. So he did it. So Abayah accepted, 
I'm sorry, they came to Abaya. So Abaya accepted the uh, Papa's advice. The boss of the Cholot's law, after Abaya performed this, Amalei, Zil Havlin. Abaya said to Yvama, go give him the money. Amalei. So Papa said to Abaya, what do you mean? Mashatani Bachavdalei. Why are you demanding she should pay the money? She, she, it wasn't a sincere suggestion. She just wanted to get her to trick him to do the Chalitza. Mila Tanya, didn't we learn a person was running away from prison? There was a bridge in front of him. Or, or a ferry person, a person who carried people across the river. And the escape, he said, take a dinner and, and, and take me across the river. He only receives his regular fee. He doesn't have to pay, even though he promised him. He can say, listen. I wasn't sincere. I didn't mean I'm going to give you that money. I was desperate. I needed you. I needed to get there. So of course I'll pay you your regular wages, but but uh, I'm not going to pay you anything extra. She can argue. So the papa has to buy it. Why are you telling the lady she has to pay up? She can say I was just I was just tricking you. I didn't mean it. I wasn't. Amalei Abaya said, where's your father? He said, in town. Where's your mother? He said, in town. Abaya said, looked at Papa's parents and they died. Oh, wow. He said, he assumed that since he was so sharp, Abaya is such a sharp student, Papa was so sharp, he objected twice to Abaya and he was right. So he said, and probably your parents are paying your tuition, they're taking care of your room and board, you don't have to worry about anything. And your mind is so sharp, sharply focused on, on your mother, on learning. So by paying attention, since Abaya paid such attention to his parents, so in heaven they started examining their parents, and they were found wanting, and therefore he could, they died. On the rabbis learned. A mistake in Chalitza is valid. Get, get mutter, possible. A get that's invalid is invalid. A, a mistaken get is invalid. In other words, if you give a get based on a condition and she doesn't fulfill the condition, then the get is invalid. Not like a chalitza. Then he continues. Chalitza mutzis psul. Chalitza performed by force is not kosher. Not valid. Get mutzis kosher. A get that's done by force is valid. The mother explains. What are we talking about? If he says, I'm willing. In other words, you force him. But he's willing to give a get. You force him until he says, I'm willing to give a get. I feel like a In that case, even a chalitza also. If you force him, but he says, I'm willing, then it's also, it should also be valid. In other words, they have the right to force him. Like a Kayan, a Kayan is the barrier of divorcee. So the court can force the Kayan to divorce his wife because he's living in sin. Right. And the same is with the Yavama. Let's say, let's say, uh, let's say it's a Kayan and she's a divorcee. This is her second husband. He's not allowed to marry her. So they force, they force the husband to give a chalitza. So if he says, I agree, it should also be good. And if he doesn't agree, they beat him, but he doesn't say, I'm willing. Get Even a get, it's not. He has to say, I'm willing. 
It doesn't say I'm willing, it's not kosher. So why is the distinction we're going to get in the chalitza? The Gemara says, okay, come on. This is what the Braises say. Chalitza muta is leilam kosher. The mistake in chalitza is always valid. The get muta leilam possible. get that's a mistaken get is always invalid. Chalitza musa, get musa. A forced chalitza and a forced get zimnin the kosher. Sometimes it's kosher. Zimnin the puzzle. Sometimes it's possible. Which case is a kosher? Which case is a puzzle? Oh, the and if he says I'm willing, they beat him until they force him until he says I'm willing. I agree. Then it's kosher. If he doesn't say I'm willing, then it's not kosher. says should bring He should bring the carbon. Right in the beginning of Ayikra, if a person donates a carbon, a burnt offering, it says Yakriv meaning he shall bring it. We're not asking him. He will bring it. <laughs> We're going to take him by, by hook and by crook. We're going to force him to bring it if he doesn't want it. You would think he just forced him. The Pasuk says Yakriv so how do you how do you have Yaakov and Lertzayne? You force him; he must bring it. He will bring it, but Lertzayne is by his will. Okay, so you force him until he says, "I'm doing it willingly." And, and, okay, let's just finish. The same thing is by divorce, by get. You force him until he says, "I agree." Problem by get if you force someone here, also by carbon. The Torah says it has to be willingly. Otherwise, it's not a carbon. And yet, you force him. A get has to be willingly. If it's not willingly, it's not worth the paper it's written on. And yet, you're forcing him. So, you force him until he says, I agree. You can do a chalitz, even though the judges don't recognize the yavam and the yavam, they don't recognize them, they don't know them. Also, a meeting could be performed before a court, even though you don't know the girl and you don't know her, you don't know him. Therefore, in case we get the halitza, don't give my kid. In case we get me, don't give my kid. Therefore, the witnesses can't write a document of halitza to give to the above unless they recognize the parties. In case we get me, don't give my kid. And they can't write. Uh, the, uh, get me on the document of a me to give to her to give to the girl unless they recognize why maybe we're worried that it was a, the court the court made a mistake so therefore you can't you can't have them write a document because another court when they come to get married another court will base they'll look at this document and they'll say okay it says over here that it was, uh, it was a brother and a sister-in-law and a brother and, and, and she has a document, a freezer. But, but you can't base it on that document because the court who did the, the, the Yibam, they have no idea. They have no idea if this, really, if this is really a brother, if this is really a bro- brother, you know, her husband's a paternal brother. They don't know. They didn't check if it's really the paternal brother. Maybe it was uh, the brother's, uh, the husband, the late husband's uh, maternal brother. And it's, therefore it's meaningless. She's not free to marry. You can't rely on it. So a court won't know that. The court, another court will see a document and will just accept it. Now if the fact that you have witnesses, that we're not worried. Because the witnesses will come and testify orally and live 
No court is going to make a mistake. A court will interrogate them, ask them questions. The rabbis will ask them questions. Okay, are you for certain? Are you sure that she's clear? Are you sure you, you saw and you know that it was her husband's brother, paternal brother, and they did a proper chalitza, and she's free to marry. So you're not going to come to make a mistake. But if it was just a document, you can't rely on this. Maybe the court erroneously will rely on the document. They'll say, hey, we have a, a, a document, this is what happened. And based on the document, they're going to allow her to marry, and it's a mistake. You can't rely on the marriage, because the, the testimony and the, the, the whole document is not reliable. But the court never, never uh, verifies that everything is up and up. Rav himself said, this is what Rav said in the name of Rav Hunar, Rav said in the name of Rav Hunar, but Rav himself argues and he says, no, the peasant is not a halitza unless they recognize all the parties involved. They know the wife, they know the deceased husband, they know his, his paternal brother, surviving brother. Likewise, you don't do a mean unless the judges recognize the girl, they recognize all the parties. Therefore, the witnesses can write a document even if they don't know anything. But the fact that they witnessed and they saw the court do this, perform this procedure, the court would never perform this procedure unless they verified it 100% that everything is kosher. So they can write a document that another court can rely on this document and based on this document they can marry off this woman, allow her to marry free. There's nothing to worry about. Completely reliable. Next mission. Now we're going to finish the chapter. Twelve chapters. Mitzvah of Chalitza is Bo Vivim to the best. He and his assistant in law come to the best. And the best gives them advice that's appropriate for them. It says, They should call them and they should speak to them. It means you have to speak to them. You have to connect with them. You have to know the situation, get into the situation, and, and figure out if it makes sense for them to actually marry. And then she, she says, And if, if they choose to do a chalitza, if the bezin says, Listen, it's not good for you to marry, do a chalitza. So she says, My brother in law refuses to carry, uh, carry, uh, carry on his brother's name. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to marry me. He doesn't want to continue the marriage. And then he says, I don't want to marry you. Everything was done in Hebrew. And then the sister-in-law approaches him before the eyes of the elders. She removes his shoe from his foot. She spits before him. A spit that spittle that they can see. She says, she announces and she says, So shall be done to a man who refuses to build his brother's home. Until here, they would read. Up until this point, they're right, they would read up until this point. dictated under the elm, the elm tree. In the village of Asam, in the city of Asam. He completed the entire parsha. 
Hopefully, he's given called parsha. Became established. He wanted to complete the entire entire parsha. So he instituted that he used to read not just. He didn't stop where she said so should be done to a man who doesn't want to build his brother's house. They would continue. The last they concluded with the last verse. They also said that out loud. They, remember, we said all the students answered. So they, they would also proclaim that and also announce that they finished to the end of the parsha that his name will be called Beis Chalutzanal, the house of the one whose shoe was taken off. Nicholas Rebbe saw Beis Chalutzanal. Then he says Mitzvah Mitzvah Dayan, the mitzvahs for the judges to proclaim. Not the Tambid. Like we learned earlier, Rebbe Yehuda says everyone in present. Has to announce, proclaim out loud, Beis Halutzanal. The one whose shoe was removed. That's the mission. She recites and he recites. Then, this is the order. First, she recites and he recites. He says, I refuse to marry. And then she removes the shoe, and then she spits. The Kaid and she recites again. My Kamashman, the one says, that's clear. It's in the Pasuk, it's in the Mishnah. There's our who is coming to teach me mitzvah That's the mitzvah in this proper sequence. But if you don't do it, that's what he says, mitzvah. That's what Buddha's coming to teach. It's only a mitzvah. This is ideal. But if you switch the order, it's still valid. If you switch the order around, if you did the chalitza first and then you spit, or if you spit first and then either way it's kosher. said, I'm on the makriget said, the judge who dictates to get the chalitza from the document of chalitza, should not dictate to the yavama. Yeah, he shouldn't say loy. You know, there was someone who would read for her, tell her what to read, and she would repeat. So you shouldn't read loy, and she'll say loy, and then he'll say abba yami separately, abba yami, and she'll repeat abba yami. My yavam doesn't want. You shouldn't say that. The mashma abba yami. You don't break it up. Right, you don't break it up because if you say abba yami, people say my yavam does want. He is willing to take me a year. Ella, rather, you read it in one sentence. Lay abba yami. You know, so, so, <laughs> someone wants to, it sounds like, Loi, no, Yava Yavni, he wants to, he wants to. And then she'll give a chalitza, so he shouldn't say that. So he shouldn't have any misunderstanding, you have to read it together. He should read the three words together, Loi Yavma Yavni, and she should repeat, Loi Yavma Yavni. He shouldn't separate the two. No commas in the middle. Loi Yavma Yavni, Loi Likudi Dei. And also for him, when he says, Loi Chafatsti, you shouldn't say loy lechude. Just read loy. No, I don't. And then read chafatzti lechude. Because the mashma chafatzti lekachda. It sounds like chafatzka. I do want to marry her. Ella loy chafatzti lekachda has to be read together. No commas. Loy chafatzti lekachda. I don't want to take her. Rava argues. Rava Amar. Asukin milsi. No big deal. Yeah, the break between two phrases is interruption of a single yeah, statement. Asukin milsi lesson. It's like a comma. You're listening to the whole sentence. Well, you're not listening to one word. Don't take a word in isolation. Okay. 
in the husband respondent says like a fat steel kachta. But in the first case even Rava agrees. Why? He says the difference between her statement and his statement. His statement is an opening word. That's the first thing he says. That's all he says. Like a fat steel kachta. But there's no mistaking. Loi, what? Loi, loi, no. What? No. Obviously it, it's, it's connected to the next two words. But here, her loi is in the middle of a statement. It says, she starts out, My husband, uh, my, my, my brother-in-law doesn't want to continue his brother's name amongst the Jewish people. Loi. Loi. So you can read the loy continuation. Loi, no, not, not my brother doesn't want to. No, over Yavami, he doesn't want to. <laughs> so since it could be mistaken, therefore even Dover agrees there that you have to read it together. The one who writes a document of Halitza, this is what he should write. We dictated to her from my husband's brother, refused. Main Yevami Lahakim until until Adi Ovayabmi. Until Ovayabmi. We dictated. Loya. Ad Ovayabmi. Bakrin Liday. And we dictated to him in Loy. Khafatsi Lakakta. Ad Lakakta. Loy Ad Lakakta. Bakrin Lidom in Kocha. Kocha. Yosalish. Ad Halutsu. Vikashma. Vizan Halutsanal. In other words. Don't write the whole document. Because you're not allowed to write words of Torah, you're not allowed to write unless you have shirtut, unless you have your lines that are etched into the parchment. Since, since the parchment doesn't have these lines, so you can't write the whole verse. Just say from the beginning of the verse to the end, the beginning of the statement to the end of the statement. Mazutra, however, would make the shirtutim, he would score the lines in the parchment, and then he would take a write the whole thing. Exactly what she said, word for word, the whole passage, intact. It's not meant to be written by itself. Gimara says, you're not allowed to write verses from the Torah. You can't write just a, a, a one passage from the Torah. You can write as part of a whole Torah. So how could you write the passage in Chalitza, just a passage taken out of the Torah? Nevertheless, the law follows Mazutra. You are allowed to write the whole passage, but you have to make sure to be Mesharket. To make those lines. What is making a distinction? When do you say you're not allowed to write down Psukim in Torah? When you're writing like a Torah, you're writing it to be learned, to be studied. So therefore, Torah has to be written as a whole. You can't just write a random Pasuk or random random Parsha. It has to be written the way it was handed down, the entire Torah, a whole unit, the whole. 
Here, a chalitza, I'm not writing it to learn, I'm just writing it as a chalitza document. Pasha, what happened? In this case, there's no prohibition, there's no issue, I can write the whole pasuk. As long as it's done properly with shirt. What if she spit and the wind blew it away? As if she did nothing. The spitting has no legal significance. So she, she, she should spit again. Now, if you, we already learned, what if she never spit? It's still a kasha chalitza. But if she's still standing, let her spit again. My time, because of the Yarka it says she should spit before his face. It has to come before him. If she blows and before it comes before him, the wind blows it away, it's not, she didn't spit. Therefore, who out of the goods, if he is tall and she's short? If the wind blew, picked up the spittle and carried it away, it's befanav. It blew it away, then, then it is befanav. It lifted it up in front of him, then it's in front of him. Yeah. But if he is, if she's tall and he's short, the spittle has to reach his level of his face, and then the wind can blow it away. If the Yivam ate garlic and then spits, she eats, she chews clay and then spits. Hey, interesting. She didn't, she didn't do anything. My time or why? Because we are She spits on her own. She has to create the spit, develop the spit. If she's spitting because of something that she ate, she's spitting out because she ate the garlic and she's spitting it out. It's so bitter. Or she chews clay and she's spitting it out. So therefore she should spit again. Again, you can't say it's invalid. But even if you don't spit at all, it's kosher. But if she's still standing there, she should spit again. What if it landed on him? As long as he saw it. So before it landed, it, went, it, reached, it was before him. And that's the custom today. Yuvama doesn't eat or drink before the chalitza. They want to make sure that the spitting is coming from that she generates the saliva and not from the food that she ate or the, or the drink that she drank. The judges have to see the spittle emerging from her mouth to the Yuvama. Let's see if it says. It has to be before the eyes of the elders. The Mishnah says, The Mishnah says that the Mitzvah is that the Dayanim have to announce it, not, not the Tamid. And Rabbi Huda argues, says, no, everyone around has to announce it. Rabbi Huda we were sitting for the Tarpon and the Yavim Vamalachlitz. The Yavim came to perform Chalitza Vamalana and the Tarpon said to us, Anukulchem, all of you announce out loud, proclaim Chalitza Nal, Chalitza Nal, three times Chalitza Nal. So that's what Abihuda said. This was, a, this was an actual thing that happened. And he told us, we, everyone present, we should all announce it. That's Abihuda's opinion that everyone has to announce basically Yikrashmai. We saw basically it's an al hadna lechem mitzvah chalitza. Hashem's help tomorrow will start the 13th chapter. A wonderful.